Good morning. My name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching ministry that is called to make all men see what is the revelation of the mystery. And of course, we get that from what Paul told the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. So we've been talking about that. Um, and today we are going to pick up our study in Ephesians chapter number four. And we're going to pick up in verse number 12. Uh, last time we were together, uh, we looked at verse number 11, did a whole lesson on these fivefold ministry gifts, uh, who the, those people were, uh, what their ministry was, uh, and whether or not they are around today. And our conclusion was that um, these guys were given during the transition period um, that apostles and prophets of grace, if you will. Uh, these were not referring to Old Testament prophets or even the 12 apostles, um, but they were given until um, they all came to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, which unto the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Uh, so my conclusion is that these ministry gifts were temporary until the completion of the Pauline revelation, which was completed when he wrote Timothy, uh, Paul's last epistles. Um, so we went over until that which is perfect has come. Paul talked about that in Corinthians. I believe that is the completion of Scripture. So we talked about all of that last time. And, uh, and the fact that when Paul laid out the structure of the church, when speaking to Timothy and Titus, he did not mention these gifts. He just talks about elders and deacons in the church today. And, and bottom line is the gifts that these guys were called to administer, um, you know, uh, stopped uh, after uh, the completion of um, our New Testament scriptures, which completed with Paul and the revelation of the body of Christ, the new man, the new creation in Christ. So if you want to go back and look at that, that's in session number 19. But let's continue today in session number 20, picking up here in verse number 12, for the perfecting of the saints. So these gifts, these offices, these fivefold ministry gifts were given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So these guys were given to bring the saints to completion for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the stated goal of these gifts was for the perfecting of the saints. Those who hold that these were given to the kingdom church only, we use the word saints as proof. And why do I say that? Because there are some that believe that these gifts were given to the kingdom church. Um, but I would disagree with that. These gifts were given to the grace church. And there is a difference, if you've been following along, between the kingdom church and the grace church. Um, change this photo here. I got it small because I was doing something the other day. There we go. Um, 
you know, these were given, these were grace apostles, grace prophets. If, if they were under the kingdom, then it would still be referring to the Old Testament apostles and the 12, the, the Old Testament prophets and the, and the, and the 12 apostles, if that be the case. But they'll look at that word saints there and they'll say that's referring to kingdom Jews, which, you know, I, I went down that road and I just don't believe that's what he's talking about. So again, the view would be that God gave these gifts to the kingdom church to lay the groundwork for the body of Christ. Again, I, I don't agree with that view at all. It means exactly what it says, in my opinion. These were grace apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers that were given while Paul was still receiving revelation. And once the Pauline revelation was revealed, uh, these guys were no longer needed. And then in verse number 13, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to the perfect man to the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Again, the point of the gifts was the unification of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or complete man, which would have been accomplished at the completion of the Pauline epistles, which describes exactly what the new man slash creature is. And Paul did that in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We have become that perfect man, that completed man, that completed creature. Ephesians 2.15 says, Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself twain the one new man, so making peace. What does he mean, making twain, bringing Jew and Gentile together in the body of Christ, the one new man, the new creature, the new creation? Um, Ephesians 4.24, uh, we'll see this, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Uh, and then Colossians 3.10 and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge of the image of him that created him. So back to Ephesians chapter number four and verse number 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the son of God unto the perfect, complete man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what the purpose of these were. And he goes on in verse, um, well, I got another note here. It was only after Paul had written the last of his letters to Timothy that the body of Christ had the completed word of God. The revelation of the mystery was complete as revealed through the apostle Paul. That is what unto a perfect man is referring to. Uh, the perfect man or the complete man is a mature believer who correctly understands the teaching of scriptures, especially those written by Paul for the body of Christ, as that he was the only one who addressed the body of Christ. Um, when you start rightly dividing uh, the word of God, you're going to quickly understand that Paul was the only one that ministered to the body of Christ. He's the only one that talked about the body of Christ. The 12 continually, continuously taught uh, the kingdom gospel, repent and be baptized. 
if you and again we've we've talked about this chart. Um, let's see where is the chart that we were looking at. Um, close the chart. If I did, I'm going to reopen the chart. Let me see here. Just hang on with me here. Um, I really need my PowerPoint. Let me get my PowerPoint real quick. If I pull up this PowerPoint and I actually have a, uh, it acts timelines. There you go. This is what we're going to look at here. If um, this is what should have happened. Uh, and again, I think that's why I had this picture so small when we first started because I was looking at this. This is what shoulda, woulda, coulda happened had the nation of Israel accepted the gospel of the kingdom that was preached by the 12 and Jesus. I mean, Peter here, you see Peter, he preached on the day of Pentecost um, here um, that the kingdom of heaven was now being offered to the nation of Israel or the kingdom of uh, the kingdom was being offered to the nation of Israel. Had they accepted that between Acts 1 and 9, then they would have rolled right into Daniel's 70th week. And if you look in the New Testament and you pull out the Pauline epistles, I mean, if you leave it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts 1 through 8, if you will, and pulled out Romans through Philemon and went straight to the book of Hebrews, this is what it would have looked like. Um, the writings of the Hebrew epistles were all about the nation of Israel going through Daniel's 70th week, the time of tribulation, all of them. In other words, the Pauline epistles never would have happened if the nation of Israel would have accepted the teaching of the twelve and of the end of our Lord, period. And, you know, and I talked about that the other day. You know, I'm humored when I hear people say I'm a red-letter Christian. Well, that's interesting because Christians were never addressed in the red letters, or at least the body of Christ was never addressed in the red letters. Uh, he was speaking to the nation of Israel about a kingdom offer that they ultimately refused. And as a result, this is what happened. <laughs> as a result... Um, there, Israel began to diminish. Romans chapter 11, we, I was talking about that with a brother today. Um, you know, Romans 9 is Israel past. Romans 10 is Israel present. And Romans 11 is Israel's future salvation. Uh, why? Because Israel rejected their Messiah and the offer of his kingdom. And as a result, God raised up the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter number 9. And the time of grace, the mystery was revealed. And that will continue until the fullness of the Gentiles come in uh, when the church is raptured out, when the church, the body of Christ, you and Gentile is removed, and God will once again deal with the nation of Israel in Daniel's 70th week. So this is what should have happened. This is what happened and is currently in the process of happening. So we talked about that Um when you when you begin to understand that, I'm telling you, it will completely revolutionize the way you see Scripture. Um, 
And the perfect or complete man is the mature believer who correctly understands the scriptures, especially those written by Paul for the body of Christ, as that he was the only one who addressed the body of Christ. And the more you understand that, the better you're going to be regarding understanding uh, the scriptures. When you start understanding, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to start a book review, if you will. There was a book I read years ago, uh, when I say years ago, four or five years ago, called um, He Wasn't Talking to You. Um, not everything in the Bible was written to us. It was written for us and for our edification, but it wasn't was written to us. It was written to the nation of Israel. All of the Old Testament writings are to the nation of Israel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John is all to the nation of Israel. Uh, Hebrews through Revelation is written to the nation of Israel. It's not written to the body of Christ. I mean, when you open up the book of, book of James and you go to chapter 1, and, and he says to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greeting, and you say, well, that must be us. No, I mean, not unless you're going to get into replacement theology. That's not us. He's talking to the 12 tribes, and everything James is talking about is falling into getting having their faith, their faith questioned. <laughs> He's talking about hard times that are going to come on the nation of Israel. So you can't insert the body of Christ into this letter without walking away with a work salvation. Um, again, it's all written for us, but it's not all written to us. And the perfect or the complete man is the mature believer who correctly understands the teachings of Scripture, especially those written by Paul for the body of Christ, as that he was the only one who addressed the body of Christ. Peter didn't talk about him. James didn't talk about him. John didn't talk about him. Only Paul did. So when he says here, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay. Uh, when that happened, what he's talking about up here went away. Now, Hebrews 4.11, and he gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all come to that unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man and to the measure of the stat fullness of the stature of Christ. So, again, these, these gifts are, were given for that interim period when Paul was still receiving. He, he talks about, I had, I had revelations. Paul didn't immediately understand that Israel had been postponed, or Israel's salvation, if you will, had been postponed. He didn't immediately understand that, but he came to understand that. He began to understand that this body of Christ, this new creature, was different. It wasn't, it was included both Jew and Gentile. He came to understand that this group was going to be raptured out so God could once again deal with the nation of Israel exclusively someday. Um, he came to understand those things. And once he understood those things and, and he pinned it down in his epistles, what we call the Pauline epistles, then these things were no longer needed. Okay. Uh, then notice in verse number 14, 
that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. As such, we are no more children. I mean, we've grown up. We're not tossed to and fro and confused by every wind of false teaching that comes our way. So when when someone comes up and says, here is here's the Christ. Here's the Christ. No, he's out here. We're not going to fall for that because we know how to rightly handle, rightly divide the word of truth. And of course, these false teachers are brought by men who use the sleight of hand and craftiness for the purpose of deceiving the simpletons by deceiving the untaught. And I believe in context, the men that he's talking about here, that the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, their deception was mixing law and grace, i.e., we are spiritual Israel. You know, um, you know, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 1, these men were giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I believe in Galatians chapter number one when he talks about it's no gospel at all. They've taken grace, they've taken grace and mixed it with the law. Like I've said before, you can put grace with law and still have law, but you t- you can't take you can't you can't you can't take grace and mix it with law, or you no longer have grace. And that's what they were doing. That is what they had been bewitched by. I believe in in the book of Galatians, when we went through that together. But instead, he says, speaking the truth in love, you you may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So instead, as mature believers now, we should speak to the lies in love and continue to grow in our walk and our relationship with Christ, who is the head of the body. I mean, these gifts were to bring that infant church to maturity until the completion of the revelation and everything was understood. Now, everything I need is right here. It's right here. I don't need apostles and prophets anymore. I have the completed word of God. I Everything I need to know about the body of Christ is found in the writings of the apostle Paul for us today. Everything, the order of the church, the structure of the church, Everything, the warnings to the church is all found in the Pauline writings. Um, And Christ is the head. Notice it says, which is the head, even Christ. Christ is the head. We are the body. In Colossians 1.24, we now rejoice, we who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind in the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake which is the church. The church is the body of Christ. We are the body. The words bride of Christ are not even found in your Bible. I mean, if you go and you search (laughs) for the words bride of Christ, let's see if I can do this real quick. Uh, Bride, here, let me get it on my screen for you. Right here. Bride of Christ. Nothing. Zilch. It's not there. We are not the bride of Christ. Israel 
is the bride of Christ, not us. And the only way you can buy into that is being led about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, by saying that we are Israel. We're not. In, in Revelation chapter number 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That is not the church. We are not the new Jerusalem. Uh, the new Jerusalem is given to the nation of Israel. They are the bride of Christ, not us, them. So again, people are being deceived by this. Uh, they're being tossed to and fro. They're being confused by every false teaching that comes along. We're the, we're the 12 tribes, you know. I mean, no, no, we're not the 12 tribes. Um <clears throat> Then verse number 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth. He's describing a body according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh the increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love as his body. We are fitly joined together. We're, we're, we're perfectly assembled and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Every piece of our body makes us function better according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Every part has a role to play. My, my feet, my arms, my leg, my neck, my head, they all have a distinct role, but it's all for the edification of the entire body. And it makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. So as his body, we are fitly joined together and supported by every joint as we effectively work together, which leads to edification for everyone in love. We are the body of Christ. Um, you know, Paul talks about that. If, if, if my eye should say I'm not part of the body, is it not part of the body? Of course it's still part of the body, even if it says it's not part of the body. I mean, we all are fitly joined together. Um, and then he goes into verse 17. And it goes from um, more doctrinal to practical. So from verses 17 through 32... Paul gives practical instructions regarding how believers should walk in this new knowledge that they've received as a result of the revelations that were given to him, the revelation of the mystery. This is practical instruction. And Paul does that. Romans. Romans 1 through 8 is all doctrinal. Uh, Romans uh, 12 through the end is all practical. And Romans 9 through 11, which everybody gets confused over, is simply a parenthetical, three parenthetical chapters. Well, what about the Jew? <laughs> so, you know, the whole book of Romans, if you pulled out 9, 10, 11, would perfectly be doctrine and practical. And that's what he's doing here in Ephesians. And, of course, we all stumble over the grafting in, and everybody wants to go back and 
Not understand that is not the body of Christ being grafted into Israel. Uh, that is not what Paul is talking about. Nine is past Israel. Ten is present Israel. Eleven is Israel's future, future salvation. It's not talking about the body of Christ being grafted into the nation of Israel. It's talking about Gentiledom as a whole being being given the opportunity to partake in the root and the structure and the blessings of the nation of Israel, yet future tense. And people get all confused over that. So we got about five minutes. So let's look at verse 17. This I say, therefore. So in lieu of everything I've just told you about how God gave these these positions to minister these gifts so that we could all just grow up and understand what God is doing that he's the head, we are the body, and if we all work together for the edification of each other in love, this I say, therefore, and I testify in the Lord that ye, moving forward, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. So now he focuses on the believing Gentiles and warns them, in lieu of everything that he's previously stated, that they should not walk as the unbelieving Gentiles in the vanity of their mind. Vanity means inutility or of no use. <laughs> they are inutile is the word in Spanish. I mean, they are fruitless. They are useless. They serve no purpose. So he says, I say, therefore, in lieu of everything I've just said and, and testifying before the Lord, you should not walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of your mind now that you know all of this. Um, and he goes on to say of the unbelieving Gentiles, having the, under, having the understanding darkened. Who's he talking about? These unbelieving Gentiles have had their understanding darkened. They are being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Because of their ignorance, they're alienated from the life of God. Because of the blindness of their hearts, they can't see. Who being past feeling, feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. <laughs> That's a mouthful. But he is going on to describe these unbelieving Gentiles as doing so because their understanding has been darkened and consequently they have been alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance, their ignorance and their blindness to the truth that has been spoken to them. Uh, no one goes to hell except by crawling over the, Christ, the cross of Christ to get there. No one. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Anyone that goes to hell, it's because of their own ignorance and their own blindness to the truth. Uh, the latter part about giving themselves over to lasciviousness uh, is a reference to sexual sins and other vices uh, to work all uncleanliness with greediness. They're doing it for themselves. Paul talks about this in Romans 1.18 when he says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. That means not like God and unrighteousness, which means they're not righteous, they're wrong, who hold the truth in unrighteousness 
because that which may be known to God has already been manifested in them, for God hath showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, that's you and me, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are with not they are without excuse. They can never say, I didn't know. You did know. You have a conscience. That word conscience is C-O-N, con with science, knowledge, with knowledge. You do know that, that there is a God, there is a creator, there's something bigger than you. You do know that, okay? So you're without excuse because, because that when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations and their, few, their foolish hearts were darkened. Remember that word vain, vanity? They became of no use <laughs> uh, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but they became of no use. And their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. And that's what he talked about up here, how that they, 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 the vanity of their mind, professing themselves to be wise, what happened? They became fools. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And he goes on and says, they changed the glory of the incorruptible, the uncorruptible God into an image. They fell into idolatry. They began to worship corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And as a result of their idolatry, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their bodies, sexual immorality. And he talks about this lasciviousness here in in Ephesians, uh, it's sexual sin, and they change the truth of God into a lie, and they worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Um, and of course, it goes from there. He talks about idolatry. He talks about sexual sins which leads to verse 26 of Romans 1, for this reason God gave them up to their vile, wicked affections. And even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. What was the natural use of the woman? To bear children, to replenish the earth, to multiply. She'll be saved through childbearing, Paul said. And likewise also men, they left the natural use of the woman and burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves recompense of their error, which was meat. Okay, which means they go from idolatry to sexual sins to perverted sin, to wicked, vile sin. Yeah, yeah, that's in the Bible. Yeah, and today's June, uh, Pride Month. Proud of what? The Bible says pride goeth before a fall. Uh, the Bible has nothing good to say about pride. Zero good to say about it. And Romans 11 has a whole lot to say about it. Um, it's in the Bible, folks. And they, nothing they can do or you can do to change that. The Word of God will stand when the world has fallen. 
period. And because of that, they receive that recompense of their error. In other words, they're going to get what they've, they deserve because of what they are doing. Um, and then he says in verse 20, 21, I'll close with this, but ye have not so learned in Christ. In other words, this is not what we have come to understand. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. You want truth? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Truth only comes, and we have learned this. He is now comparing those who are vain in their thinking. Remember back in verse number 17. Let me get back over there. I've been doing a lot, haven't I? Uh, verse 17. Ephesians 4, 24, 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, ye henceforth no longer walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. So he is now comparing those who are vain in their thinking, verse 17, with those who have learned Christ. The NIV translates it, come to know Christ that way. Those of us who have come to know Christ, in other words, he's speaking to those who have heard him and have been taught by him. We know better. We know that the truth is in Jesus. We know that. And of course, today we continue to know that as we study his word. Everything I know about the living word, which is Jesus, is found in the written word, which is the word of God. So ye have not so learned if be, if so be that ye have heard him and you have been taught by him because the truth is in Christ Jesus, period. So next time we get together, verse 22, that ye put off concerning your former way of life, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And we'll talk about that next time we get together. So, well, it's the Lord's Day. I don't know where you're fellowshipping today and what you're doing, but I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a great day, and I hope you always remember that God loves you, wants best for you. He's working all things out for you, and if you want to continue to study, I would encourage you to go back. This is session 20. Go back and listen to sessions 1 through 19. I encourage you to listen to other teachers. I have some, if you go to my YouTube page, I have several other ministries down there at the bottom. All of those guys love the Lord. They rightly divide the word of truth. Um, they're great Bible teachers. We don't all agree on everything, but who does? Um, but we all agree, um, you know, that Paul, his writings were to and for and about the body of Christ. And only in and through his writings do we find doctrine and teaching for the church today. So I encourage you, rightly divide the word of truth. Don't be ashamed. Study to show thyself approved unto God. God bless you. Hope you have a great day.